Okay, this morning we're going to talk about Jesus is the Son of God. And we're going to read a few verses from John chapter 1. So if you've got your Bible, got it downloaded on something and you want to follow, please do. We're going to begin at verse 29, just down to 34. And then we're going to uh, read from verse 47 down to 50. The next day, John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. I would not have known him except that the one who sent me to baptise with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is he who will baptise with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is the Son of God. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said to him, here is a true Israelite in whom there is nothing false. How do you know me, Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, You believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You shall see greater things than that. One night in 1954, someone uttered words that totally and completely changed my life. The words were these. If you want to know Jesus, please leave your seats and come and stand at the front of this hall. In that moment, I knew that there was nothing more important in my life then or in the future that could ever surpass knowing Jesus. And so on that night, my journey with Jesus began. A journey that would lead me through tragedy but also through triumph. A journey that would see me hiding for his sake in a darkened public toilet from the secret police in a country a long way from here. A journey that would find my lost wallet, passport, flight tickets, miraculously suddenly appear on the top of my flight bag. So who really is this Jesus that I came to know who would change my life and turn my world upside down and make me into a passionate follower and seeker of him? Well, John the Baptist knew 
And Nathaniel, who would become a disciple, also knew. And we read their confession this morning. Jesus is the Son of God. John knew that because he saw a sign, the Holy Spirit come on Jesus. Nathaniel knew it because he was the receiver of a sign from Jesus. When Jesus, a long way away, said, I saw you sitting under the fig tree. And being the Son of God is what makes Jesus totally unique from every other human being on the face of the earth. You see, he's not just a good man. He's not just the founder of a religion. He's not just a prophet. He is the Son of God. And that's what makes him completely unique because the phrase the son of God is not simply his title it's actually as we shall see his nature Jesus is unique because he is God and he's also unique because as Paul says in Galatians 2 and verse 20 the son of God loved me and gave himself for me. No other founder of religion has loved you personally and given up his life willingly and gladly so that you could live. Jesus is unique. He's God in the flesh and he loves humanity and gave his life for humanity. So let's look at what all this uniqueness actually means. Well, the first thing, as we have said, the uniqueness of Jesus means simply that he is divine and he is equal with God the Father. In Philippians 2 and verse 6, it puts it this way. Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped or something to be held onto at all cost, but humbled himself and became a man and became obedient unto death, even death upon a cross. He didn't consider equality with God something to be held on at all cost. Why? Because there was a motivation of love for you and for me. And so he came to give up that life upon a cross in order that you and I could be released from the penalty of death and no eternal life. In John chapter 5, the Jews were going to kill Jesus. And the reason that they wanted to kill him ahead of the cross was simply this. It says they wanted to kill him because he was making himself equal with God. 
See, no one in those New Testament times had any doubt who Jesus was. He was God manifest in the flesh. And it's very significant that on one occasion when he was at the city of Caesarea, he said to his disciples, who do you say I am? Now Caesarea was significant because it was a city that, was being, that had been dedicated to Caesar. And Caesar was a man who proclaimed himself a god. But in the city of Caesarea was a shrine to the Roman god Pan. And Pan was a god who tried to become a man. And here stands Jesus in this city and says, and who do you say I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. You are the God who has become man for us and you are the man who is by nature God. Brothers and sisters, whilst we have been brought into the most intimate friendship with Jesus, never forget, he's God. He is the exalted one. And that's why when you walk with him, you can be confident of this very thing. You are walking with God. You are walking with the one who created the heavens and the earth. You are the walking with the one who is alive forevermore, who once was dead but now lives forever and forever. He's not just a friend, though he's a wonderful friend. He's not just a man who understands what it's like to be human, though he was human and does understand. He's God, who sits now at the right hand of God and is worshipped, exalted and adored in heaven. And he is the one who has become your Lord And in the words of Thomas the disciple, my Lord and my God. Jesus is the Son of God. But Jesus is also unique because he's the exact representation of God. Jesus said to his disciple Philip in John 14 and verse 9, he that has seen me has seen the Father. You want to know what God is like? You look at Jesus. If you want to know how God views the brokenhearted, if you want to know how he views the poor, if you want to know how he reviews the repentant, if you want to know how he views the person who is messed up, look at Jesus. Look at him being received by the poor gladly. Look at him telling others to take care of the poor. Look at him telling a story of the one who has wandered away, the prodigal son, and now comes running back and the father wraps his arms around him. 
This is no, oh, welcome home, son, nice to see you. This is a passionate flowing out of amazing love. You're home, let's have a party. Jesus is the exact representation of God. Hebrews 1 and verse 3 puts it this way. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. And that word, the exact representation of his being, is the same word that is used when you make a new mint coin. You get the die and you stamp it into the metal and the metal bears the exact image representation of the die. And that's the word used of Jesus as the exact representation of God's being. He's stamped through with divinity and he's stamped through with exactly what God the Father is like. And when you feel I've messed up He must have a question mark over my life as to his love and acceptance of me. Don't try and work it out. Don't go running for a concordance. Don't even go reading books. Go to Jesus. Look at him in life. Look at him in scripture. And hear those words again, personally plummeting into your mind and heart. I am the son of God who loves you and gave himself for you. When? When you were clean, when you'd got it all together, when you were being a success? No. While we were yet sinners, failures, shortcomers, Christ, the Son of God, died for us. Jesus is unique because he created the universe and he's the only one who can create and give eternal life to you. See again the book of Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 2 puts it this way, through Jesus God made the universe. John 1 and verse 3, all things were made by him. Amazing power is in the words of Jesus and he's the one that's alive with you. Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. John 1, in the beginning was the Word, Jesus, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made by him. Genesis 1 and verse 3. And God said, let there be light. 
and there was light. John 1. He was the light, Jesus. And the light was the light of men. The life of men. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 6. God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine into our hearts. See, he created everything, but he brought eternal life. He created it, if you like, in you, already for all mankind to have, if only they would believe that he was the Son of God who gave himself for them. And finally, Jesus rose from the dead, never ever to die again. And at this point in time, that makes him unique. Anybody else who has risen from the dead throughout the history of the world has died again. Tombs are worshipped of great leaders, great religious founders, but you can never worship at the tomb of Jesus because he's not there and it's empty. He is alive forevermore. Why? Because you can't kill God or keep him dead. This is what Jesus said in Revelation 1 and verse 18. I am the living one. I was dead and behold, I am alive forever and ever. Paul puts it this way in Romans 1 and verse 4. Jesus was declared to be the Son of God by his resurrection from the dead. And listen, beloved, if you're a believer in Jesus and a follower of Jesus, you will live forever and forever. And what was said of Jesus and by Jesus will one day be said of you. I was dead, but in him and through him, at the resurrection of the dead, I too will be alive forever and ever. For the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And that's the Jesus that you walk with. That's the Jesus that you worship. That's the Jesus 
who will never leave you or forsake you. That's the Jesus who will never let you down. That's the Jesus who's available to you in tragedy and triumph. That's the Jesus who stands with you no matter whether you feel the presence or don't feel the presence. He's still there and he's God Almighty. He's full of life. And it never wanes. He's the creator of all things, including you, your circumstances, and his way out. He's God, upon whom there are no limits, and whom you can never bring to a place where he gives up on you and says, well, that's it then, Tim. Sorry to pick on you, Tim, just happened to be looking. I'm so glad that when I feel I deserve him to walk out of my life, he says, son, sorry, but you can't get rid of me the Son of God still and always will love me because he gave himself for me. And like me and like you, he's not going to lose us. He's not going to throw us away. Instead, he's going to present us faultless, Jude says in the presence of his glory with mighty shouts of everlasting joy. And when I go home and you go home to heaven, he's not going to stand there and say, oh crumbs, here comes old Rod. I remember how scared he was in that darkened toilet with the secret police looking for him. If only he'd had faith to believe that he could storm out in front of them and be invisible. Oh, still, better have him, Father. No. It's going to be for you and for me. Here he comes. I gave my life for him. And he confessed me to be the son of God. Come on, angels, shout it out. It's time for mighty shouts of everlasting joy. He's home at last. And he's gonna do it for you. And he's gonna do it for me. And he's going to do it for every individual that gives their life to him. And as John closes the gospel, he writes these words. But these miraculous signs are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. The moment you believe, 
you bring glory to him and receive life evermore for yourself. Let's stand. Dan, could you come up with the musicians wherever you are, please? Oh, sorry, didn't see you over there. Okay. I want to give an opportunity when we close with a song in just a moment. If there is anyone here who, like me in 1954, heard the words, If you want to know Jesus, come and stand at the front. It wasn't the act of standing at the front that brought me to know him. It was the act of saying in front of everybody else, I want to know him. I want to follow him. I want to love him. I want to serve him. And I want to know he accepts me. And as I stood there, something happened when an old man came and prayed and said, ask Jesus into your life and you'll never be the same again. And so I invite you, if you don't know that Jesus Christ is your Lord, the Son of the living God, Please, leave your seat and come and stand at the front and let everybody know I'm walking out of death into eternal life.